At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. Welcome into The Drive with A.D. and Raph. Former Husker football national champion, speaker, and author, Aaron Davis. Nebraska will win the national championship. The Cornhuskers beat Miami. It is history, 13-0. And bring that trophy back to Lincoln. Former Arena Football League quarterback, former head coach of the Capital City Crush, and guru of Husker football history, Chris Rapp. 25 straight wins for the Cornhuskers. One of the most dominating stretches in college football history. We may have seen one of the best teams in the history of college football tonight. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, we're back again. It's The Drive on 93.7 The Ticket. We are proudly sponsored by Sand Hills Global. Sand Hills Global is looking to fill hundreds of new openings in sales, traveling support, software development, web design, and more. Career and internship opportunities are available at the Global Headquarters in Lincoln. So apply today at sandhills.jobs. As we put a, as we put a bow on that recruiting segment, I would also say um, to expect – a couple guys in this class to decommit mm. off of Nebraska's off of Nebraska's radar. Already seen it, and don't take. Well, I, I don't know about that one. I'm not sure about that one. I would not take them as authentic decommitments. I would take them as guys that this staff has told we're not going to honor your offer. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's exactly so. That's what I would say. And that's a great point. On the flip side mm-hmm. of that, some of the guys that you may see enter the portal may have been asked exactly they hit the portal, 100%. and that happens every year. So, so yeah. well, I mean. Before, so once again, before you read on Twitter that they're abandoning the football program, abandoning the coach, whatever that may be, um, a lot of this uh, sometimes, and I actually know of, I know of two so far that have been asked to have been quote unquote cut from the recruiting class mm-hmm. that uh, that have not made it public yet. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I would just, I would just be cautious about that. Is there any truth to the notion that some guys will go into the portal to? Try to get a stronger position on NIL. Like, I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think so. Yeah. I think I think you're going to start to see a lot of that, especially this season. Now that NIL has been implemented for for a couple years, um, or is it a year? A year. A year. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that it's been implemented, well, for, for some schools only a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, legally, legally for some I, schools been doing this for years, man. Yeah, yeah. The SEC West. Shout out, yeah, shout out to uh, Coach Pruitt at Tennessee. <laughs> money, the, money, the, money, the, 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 the McDonald's bags, but. 
No, so I, I think I think you're going to see that quite a bit, where you see guys go in and, and they're going to test their NIL, and then they're going to – now, here's where it's going to be interesting is on the coaches at their initial school because at the end of the day, if they don't find it, the NIL pool is big enough for them mm-hmm. and they don't get a big enough offer, they're going to attempt to go back to that initial school yeah. – and that head coach has a decision that's to make. The school can be like, you so, know what? so that's where it's really, really interesting as we go forward. And, and as, a, as a player, you have to be very cautious because we always talked about the notion of there's, two, there's thousands of players that enter the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. There's not a thousand spots on rosters. Right. And so when you, when you see that, same can be said for this. When you go into the portal, um, there's only so much NIL money. And, and the NIL is not – I mean, I, I said this la- a couple weeks ago. I was talking to Miles Farmer. I talked to Miles Farmer, and he was like, NIL ain't what you guys think it is. Mm-hmm. NIL is not what you, guys, what you guys think it is. Mm-hmm. You hear about Jordan Addison. You hear about, you, you hear about Quinn Ewers. You hear about that. Did we hear about a Miles Farmer NIL deal? Did we hear about a, a Quentin Newsom NIL deal? What about an Ernest Hausman NIL deal? Like, there, like there's not it's, – it's not – as glorious as I think we think, and so um, yet, yet, right, and right. so and so, I, I would say as as a player, you have to be super cautious um, because you, you you might go in and you might never come out, right, and, and for different reasons. But prior, it because earlier it was because there just wasn't there was you weren't the best player available when you thought you were, but now it's because you didn't get a big enough nil offer, and that's where why you entered the portal in the first place. And I suspect some of these guys um, that we'll see on this squad it will be retained and chosen for speed. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you you know if you have players that you know are solid, but they the one measurable that seems to be important to coach Matt rule is mm-hmm. what kind of speed do you have yeah because mm-hmm. he'll take flyers on guys that aren't aren't real football players but mm-hmm. they're track guys mm-hmm. which brings me back to Ronaldo Nehemiah mm-hmm. yes yeah. indeed yeah. Ronaldo Nehemiah Nick was a yeah he was he was a world-class hurdler and sprinter uh was amazing and I'm gonna read the, I'm gonna read a few texts before we hop back into Tom's take as well uh Tommy and this is this is this is very true I'm really impressed with young Nick as of late, dropping some truly educated points of view. Dude, <laughs> Thanks, Tommy, Tommy, it's the truth, man. This dude is 21 but speaks as if he's a season, in his season 40s or 50s. The dude does his homework. He knows his stuff. And you've got to listen to him call a basketball game, too. Oh, dude. Yeah, that we he, started that last night. We're 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 on the uh, yeah. we're on the we're on the uh, beginning. Uh, oh, it's like year two of of calling games, obviously. But well, you do you have job. a social life, though. I mean, I think what's really it's going not on here. not a whole lot, unfortunately. <laughs> is, do you have any friends? Yeah, like reading Sports <laughs> Illustrated yeah. from 1974 <laughs> instead of going out with the fellas. I'm worried, young man. <laughs> yeah, here you know we'll we'll see what happens. I uh, you know I'm lucky enough to have a girlfriend, and here we are. So that's, that's that. Pretty that's much here we are. are. That's stunning. <laughs> I agree. I agree, Tom. I agree. Oh, Here we man. Are. Uh, Jared in Wisconsin. Uh, that's, not, that's, that's wise. Uh, about an hour ago, I'm trying to catch up with a few of these. I shut down all my social media a month ago, and with all this, I couldn't be happier with the decision. I don't blame you, bro. I don't blame you. Wise move. Wise move. Massey, get back into more some of the tendencies and things you've seen uh, in our new OC, Satterfield. They, so, I'm talking about South Carolina now. He mm-hmm. he, you know, he inherited some linemen. It is pretty clear that he likes to get them out in space on run blocking, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's a if that's a preference that he has in terms of recruiting. But you could see that uh, he liked guys that had really good feet, 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 feet. And I think that you're going to see maybe some impact on on who's playing next year 
and as they recruit because you know if we if you guys mm-hmm. have dug into this ad nauseum you know this this particular line was so big mm-hmm. that, that you could not run outside zone with them with any yeah. effect because they just couldn't find space right so i think i think you're going to see a different sort of lineman recruited for this squad mm-hmm. um and and the other thing I, I would mention is it's pretty clear that Satterfield is a college football chameleon. Mm. Yep. You know, he I, it doesn't seem like he's wedded to anything in particular other than some RPO concepts. But, you know, honestly, who are the teams, Raph, that don't run RPO in college football right now? I mean, you, you almost yeah, have to. It's very few. Now, yeah. Bama doesn't have a lot version of it. You've got to have yeah. some concepts. But he, even Alabama it. runs it some, too, with um, – with Bryce Young, yeah, but but yeah, you have some concept of it. The key, the key though is is getting those linemen that have the feet. So I, I'm guessing it's going to go away a lot of. For a while there, we were always looking for the measurables, <laughs> and I think now it's going to be more to, hey, he's got he's got good feet, or maybe there's that tight end out in Nebraska that's, I don't know, six. Six one and two twenty, but they they see him as like, hey, we might be able to get him in here and put on fifty pounds on him and make him a pretty good guard because he's got great feet. So I I th- I also think that the the temple view that I saw watching the tape is probably closer to what Matt Rule wants to do. Mm-hmm. So if you look at like that Penn State game where they won twenty seven to ten, Temple mm-hmm. did, and it was a big upset. They controlled that really through defense more than anything. And you could see Rule slowing the game down or Satterfield slowing the game down mm-hmm. and keeping everything in front of them, mm-hmm. playing a defensive game. The opposite was true with South Carolina, which was you could tell that that defense was getting shredded by Clemson, shredded by Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So I think he just said, look, we've got to score points. 63 and, by th- 63 burger. That's I mean, they score points. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's so. so you. Which it's funny. Sorry to interrupt. It's funny because if you remember, what was the, our mantra when Scott Frost got here? Ah, as all you got to do, I don't care how many points you allow, just outscore yep. your opponent. Opponent, <laughs> just get, just get and then and then turnovers. Nebraska ends up beating Minnesota in his first win, fifty-three to twenty-eight. And we were like, all right, this is the offense we were expecting to see. This is the type of defense we expected to see. We don't care if you give up twenty-eight points if you're putting up fifty-three a game. We don't care about that. But then you realize it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, Mm-mm. it's completely dependent on quarterback play. Mm-hmm. So you know, when when you're at UCF and you go thirteen and zero, it's because you had a quarterback that was yeah. absolutely fantastic for that system. If you don't have that, then you're going to get shredded. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, a few more on here. One thing, going back to that, the transfer portal, too, though. You know, because uh, there was a call-up. I'm going to make sure I get to this right on. I'll get to it in a second. I don't have a problem with transfer portals. Because mm-hmm. nope. you know why? Cody's been doing it for years. Nope. You know, you look at Brian Kelly. Yeah. You know, uh, just last year, this about this time. Uh, I mean, th- this team still was contending for the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Talking about playoffs? And he just dipped. And, um, and, and, and according to the players there at Notre Dame, it was pretty bushly how he did it too, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. You were sitting in these kids' living rooms with their parents and didn't even have the the decorum uh, to let them know. Look, I mean, just to, just to do a, a, a proper send off for himself. Um, Lincoln Riley, oh, I'm not going to LSU. I'm not going to LSU. Twenty four hours later, but I am going to USC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got a caller on the on the line. We got Bruce that's calling into the show this morning. Bruce, good morning. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, I just had a question for you guys. Um, so, uh, Coach Rule, um, throughout his career, I was just wondering about, like, his defense. Like, 
I know that he had a pretty decent defense uh, in Carolina. Um, what about his college, like, coaches that he's had? Um, is, it, is it a pretty good record? That, that's just the question I've been trying to ask. I uh, really can't find anything, really. So thought well, I'd ask I think you guys. He, Bruce, I think he had a, a pretty salty defense at Temple. And if you think about Baylor what's required well. to succeed – in Temple, in North Philadelphia, mm. with no tradition of any kind, right? <laughs> I mean, zero. And and he played a, they played pretty salty defense there. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think Raph, like with Baylor, I mean, one of the problems in the in the Big Twelve is you know you're going to have to score a lot of points, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Spread it out, mm-hmm. and and so you put your defense in a tough spot. Yeah, and I I think too that he mentioned it in his press conference. The line of scrimmage is key. Not just not. We always think offense, you know, line of scrimmage, but the defense. So I, I would assume, like I go back to Terrence Knighton's hire. Yes, former Bronco. But <laughs> but We're not no, I'm play. just I'm joking, guys. Come on. <laughs> but but we've got we've got to be better on the defensive line. That's yeah. that is one thing that this year I, it ailed us a little bit that yeah, our de- our defensive line especially early in the year they just there was there was they were causing no 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 problems for the offense of any no, kind they were not it, getting home they at were just all. standing up so yeah. what you're going to see is i i would assume next year you're going to see a defensive line that's more that'll be more attacking pot roast that'll be stand mm-hmm. lower and it's going to be more it'll be more aggressive and so yeah you're good the way nebraska gets back to being to being good is to dominate the offense and defensive lines and get yourself the quarterback. So here's what's interesting. I, I'm reading an article. This is from Sports Illustrated and and Matt Rule here. Um, he said, "quote This was this was came in 2019. So his time with the Bears, with the Baylor Bears. Mm-hmm. Quote: I try to think of everything as positionless football in my mind. Um, I think when you start saying this guy has to play this, then you're never going to find the best player." When Rule says positionless, he doesn't mean that he wants a defensive end that can play middle linebacker and safety. The context was that he looks at his defensive personnel as positionless because he just wants to get the best personnel on the field all at once. If two guys on the field have both only played middle linebacker for their entire career and are by far the two best linebackers on the team, the idea is to find a place for both guys to get on the field together. Amen. You know, Jojo Domon, for example, right? Not not the right body to be a safety, not the right physique to be a linebacker, so they put him in a position where he could do both. Mm-hmm. And what that tells you, you know, this kind of goes back to Bruce, is and actually it goes back to Jay Foreman because Jay is always really interested in this whole 3-4 versus 4-3 debate mm-hmm. on the defensive line. And what that tells me is that he's going he's gonna to take the personnel as it comes to him and base his defense on mm-hmm. that. Right, right. He is um, – he's – you look at his past games, and I've watched a lot of them at all. Um, just went to YouTube a few times, just kind of watched mm-hmm. some, some quick things. Baylor was rough. Now, you think about one of our questions on here, too, um, somebody was asking, I'll, I'll get to it in a second, which is asking about the mass exodus. How do you build a program? Uh, and I'll get to your texture. I think I don't know if it was an unnamed texture that said that, and I'll definitely will find it. Was asking, how do you, how do you uh, build when you're going to lose about 40 players, uh, maybe out through the portal, give or take? Uh, because you're, you're coming in. Or, you know, the new names, new coaches, et cetera, decommits, yep. et cetera, your roster, some of those guys. He did this at Baylor. 
And it was a much different situation where he did it at. Baylor, yeah. think about that. I mean, you're talking about one of the worst scandals yeah. since SMU. And you're not, you're not even wanting to go to Baylor. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're like, mm-mm. I mean, so I he mean, had he no. had he had a mass exodus of players that left. Yes, over Are forty trying to convince people to come to Baylor. Yeah. So if you're thinking right now, yeah, there might be some players that leave Nebraska right now. I, I can't. I I don't think he's sweating. No, that we're not able to replace players. Totally night and day situation coming to Nebraska than the situation at Baylor, what he was dealing with, because that was a mess yeah. that he was dealing with right there. That was almost death penalty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really, yeah. it was compared to the Penn State debacle with Sandusky. Yep. And I mean, it was as bad as it gets yep. other than the SMU death penalty. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And, and speaking of SMU death penalty, uh, NIL money, et cetera, that's been going on for years, and we get him building this contract with that, though, Eric Dickerson. Uh, was the keynote speaker for the Remington Award a few years, number years back, and me and Akam were talking to him, and him and Akam were back there, you know, uh, chopping it up for a while while I was on stage, him seeing the thing, and uh, he goes, man, and, and Dickerson was telling us, he goes, bros, I'm gonna tell you right now, he goes, we was wild at SMU, because <laughs> who was, uh, uh, who was the other, the running back with Craig, him, Craig James, Craig oh, James, the pony, the Pony Express, man, and Eric Dickerson, man, was telling us stories, it was just amazing, he goes, he goes, bro, he goes. SMU's lucky they ever had a football program again after the things went down when we were there. You know, I mean, the amount of money and cash and yeah. cars. It was crazy. It was the wild, wild west, you know. I Also, going back to Matt Rule's defense real quick in, in that article I was just mentioning. And, Bruce, thanks for the call, brother. We yeah, appreciate yeah, you. For thanks sure. for listening. Going back to that, that defense, just to give Bruce some added perspective. At, at Baylor, if you go back and watch his games, I've been able to watch a couple of his Baylor games. They, they ran a four-two-five defense, so four down linemen, two inside linebackers, then five defensive backs or outside line hybrid type of guys, right? Um, and so with that, it allows you to to get pressure on pass plays with a four down lineman. If you if you're able to rush four, you're also able to stop the run decently well. But you also, I mean, that 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 matches up with what he said in that article because two of Baylor's best defensive players that season mm-hmm. were inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he felt comfortable running the 4-2-5 plus you're in a passing league like the Big 12, so you're able to have five defensive backs that can cover in, in, in space. And so that, that's one of those things where I think, I think Matt Rule is, as we've said throughout the show so far, a chameleon. He's, yep. he's, he's able to adapt, and he has that ability, which if you look at the last four years and change or now five years, What's been one of the biggest issues for Nebraska? The ability to make in-game adjustments or, or I guess, even on a grander scale, game-to-game, season-to-season adjustments. And so uh, I, th- I think that's where, where Nebraska fans may be able to get a little bit of encouragement or, or be a little more excited about the possibility of, of having a successful side. I just defense. get really re- weary of coaches who insist on their system. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially where they don't have the personnel for it. Yeah. It's like, are you here to that's win, pr- or are you here to prove everyone that your system that's works? Frustrating. Yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another question here I think was interesting. i got to find it, dadgummit. Um, talking about building a program, and, oh, it's right here. It's on the tip of my own. Before I go to that, I'll find it before we come back to it. I'll find it. Can I, what else did you see? Well, I, I was going to ask you guys, because I, I don't know if you talked about it a lot yesterday, but um, Jake Peets. Yeah. Right? Oh, yes, bring – yes. So Jake Peets is from O'Neill, Nebraska. He mm-hmm. came to uh, the here to play football, and he was a long snapper for a couple of years yep. during, I think, the Callahan era. Correct, two thousand five. And and Callahan, you know, put him in contact with some people that got him grad assistance. Blah blah blah. The rest is history. He's been the quarterbacks coach for Derek Carr during their playoff run. Yep. Um, currently, quarterbacks coach in yep. Los Angeles. Rams, right? Correct. For the Rams. Yep. Um, 
And then he's made a number of stops with Saban. I mean, we can go on and on and on. But this is, I guess if you want a Nebraska flavor, Jake is the kind of person that understands what it took to win, you know, back here because he grew up here in the state. And mm-hmm. He gets that. Um, did anybody have any perspectives on him? I'm hesitant to give mine because I've known him since he was a little kid. His dad and I are friends. I said it yesterday. I, I wanted him to be the offense coordinator last year. So it's maybe a year late, but we got him now and right. and just the pedigree like and one of the reasons why I really wanted him last year was I n- knew that he had coached under Saban and just mm. being around that that pedigree is just it's it's priceless and then and then he's with McVay and the Rams now I mean yeah the Rams might be struggling this year but uh they but that, just won a Super Bowl last right, year yeah so to, to be under McVay and learn from him I mean he's learned from some of the best coaches in in right. football so do you think he can overcome the fact that he's from O'Neill, Nebraska? That can be handicapped yeah. for a lot. Of yeah, that can, that, <laughs> just kidding. That just can be kidding. A, that can be a problem. I don't want to hear. Hey, I, don't, I don't want to hear it. It's a joke. It's a Holt County joke. Okay. It's a Holt County joke. Sorry, Rico. And the people in O'Neill said Tom's take. He's never coming back in the studio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> What'd you think, Rico? <laughs> I my wife, my I wife's family's from Orchard, so it's fine. I understand. Yeah. They understand. <laughs> it's a handicap. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All listeners in O'Neill. Including Jake's dad, Frosty. <laughs> with, their, with their big old clover. Yes, yes. Great place to be uh, in March, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's where I got married. In O'Neill, Nebraska? Yeah. It's a good town, man. It's a good town. I like O'Neill, Nebraska, man. All right, it's so this town. is not Neat. a Holt County show, but <laughs> it happens. I had to bring up Jake Pete. So no, Jake, okay. yeah, you're right, Chris. Jake, Jake was someone that I thought would have been great here last year, but yeah. I mean, come on, he was the quarterbacks coach at the Rams, mm-hmm. and they were yeah. making a Super Bowl run. That wasn't going to happen. No, no. So I, I hopefully now's the right time for him to come back. You know, here's a good. There's a question I was looking for. Unknown texter, uh, thirty-two ninety-six. The end of the four, uh, last four digits it says, "What does uh, the building the program uh, look like at the end of the first year? What will it need to look like in order for you to say, wow, he's in the he's building the program?'" Money is an important topic because there's something called return on investment. So, what is a, reti- re- a reasonable return on the investment at the end of year one? What do you guys think? Hmm. I think it's I think it's unfair to sit here on December tw- December second yeah. and say it. Um, and I, I, I think it depends a lot on, as we talked about earlier, who your quarterback is. I think it depends on on what kind of personnel you have. I mean, Nebraska just lost three guys to the the transfer portal yesterday, and one of them being Ernest Hausman, who was one of your best defensive players last season as a true freshman. Like that's a huge loss, and and when I, I, I put it in bolded letters, true freshman, because it's not like you're going to be able to go out and get a 2023 recruit and be able to plug him in. That Those don't walk down the street um, every single day or every single year. And so I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic on what this next season could look like, but I also know Matt Rule's track, rec- track, track record. I also know what it might t- – or I have an idea of what it might take Nebraska if they want to have sustainable success. And I, I think maybe if they want sustainable su- success, I'm not sure they should – we, we should be expecting eight, nine wins next year. Mm-hmm. However, yeah, you're paying this dude on an average of $9 million. Mm-hmm. So um, that comes with an added expectation to win early and win now. So yeah. I, I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's tough and unfair right now to sit here on December 2nd and try to put a number on it. What I'd ask the texter or ask Nate or you guys is, what did you expect after year one of Frost? 
right? And think mm-hmm. about what you expected after year one when Coach Frost came in and whether or not what happened in that first year met your expectation for it. Because I think, I think everyone was very hopeful that it would turn around the next year and the next year and the next yeah. year. And so you, you kind of have to apply the same standard that you would have back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, me personally, I think right now it should just be a bowl game. That's, yeah. That's, that's the one thing. Just get to a bowl game. You know, it's just reported, uh, reported on uh, Husker Online that of the former coaching staff, the only one that remains to pl- in play to be retained is all, its offensive line coach, Don Fraola. The rest of the staff has moved out of the facility. Yep, there it is. There it is. But it, it has they haven't announced whether or not he's the, the offensive Haven't line announced coach. No. So hasn't announced no. it, but Just that he's still there. Rico, he's still there, so I'm not Rico, saying yeah, he's, yeah, he's still there. Rico has pointed out, though, that some of their offers that they've gotten, or sent out, I should say, is – They've tagged Donovan Raiola in the tweet as if okay. Twitter. Donovan right. Raiola so has been yeah. in communication. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, take I mean, for what it's worth, as of right now, Donovan Raiola is the offensive line coach. Which, once again, that that might piss some people off, but I, I think you can only blame Donovan Raiola for so much of how atrocious the offensive line was well, this year. See, it, to me, it's he, that's the easy target. It you is. Know, it is. It, he's the line coach. Uh, it should be doing this, but you know what was he? Am I, he he came. He didn't recruit these guys, uh, and there's like, like I said, he didn't recruit these guys. Uh, different philosophy. It's kind of like, I mean, what can you do really in a year? There yeah. was some improvement as far as pass, you know, short pass blocking, run blocking at times, but which was atrocious at times as well. But I don't have a problem with that. Well, how would we know? I mean, they didn't they didn't do live tackling in the spring game, which gives you an <laughs> indication of the extent to which they were doing live action and and. You know, it's hard to understand yeah. how good an assistant coach is when you're in that yeah. environment. Mm-hmm. It's it's that's it's. I just don't. And I, I go back to that. If they're if if he's keeping them, then that means that their their visions and their philosophies are are joined together. Because mm-hmm. there's no way that Rule would keep him if if it did not line up with everything yeah. that Rule was looking for. Which doesn't surprise me because everything we've heard about Donovan Raiola kind of behind the scenes is that he's a hard worker, he's a grinder, he's he just he's a he's a tough dude. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that I mean it fits in and it lines up with it lines up with what Matt Rule preaches. And so I truly think that I think that they're, they're it, on that board. Is it possible that, that they're gonna go back to the Milt Tenniper Dan Young theory, which is you have two offensive line coaches you could. You could. I mean, you'd look at Milt and Coach Young, man. You possibly could. And it and it just depends on how, how they how, how they work out the staff. Like, how, are you going to have an outside linebackers coach, inside linebackers coach? Because back in those days, Young was always so key in special teams at Nebraska, so they were able to, you know, tag team that offensive line. So we'll see how it all plays out. It, it will be interesting to see. You know when the full staff is completed and mm-hmm. how they deviate the um, the different kind of philosophies, etc. Yeah. So, all right, we'll send it to break. This is the drive, ninety-three point seven. The ticket. This is a thirty-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title: Project Planning Homeowner One Hundred One. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. 
How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of.